All right, welcome back to episode three of the First Place Losers podcast. With you, I'm Matt Lagana, and next to me is my partner, Logan Eilers. And we are finally done with free agency, and what an exciting period it was. Yeah, um, very, very speculative for a lot of teams. A lot of teams did really well. A lot of teams noticed we did terrible. And, you know, we'll cover them in a minute, but this was a very interesting free agency. A lot of the big names... Um, they're kind of scattered. It wasn't like usual where they're like, oh, all the big names just go at once. You know what I'm saying? Like it was all scattered. Like Kenny Galladay was a little later than usual. Trent Williams was later. Yeah, no, so. definitely. I mean, I mean, first of all, we, we, we had the big conversation going around with JJ Watt and mm-hmm. then, um, and then, and then, and then, you know, you saw a lot of the offensive linemen going. And so it's, it's definitely been scattered, um, for sure. A lot of talent in this free agency, um, cycle and uh, a lot of teams benefited obviously and a lot of teams have uh, had some noticeable setbacks as a result yeah um yeah which teams do you believe that won let's start with the winners of free agency first all right yeah let's start let's start with the winners because there are also there's certainly a lot of losers uh in terms of winners um you know i would say that the chiefs are actually one chiefs i i was That's i'm funny. surprised to say that um, because, you know, we, we, we spoke about the Chiefs getting or getting rid of Eric Fisher um, Schwartz, yeah. and, and Mitchell Schwartz, but coming back with a huge signing uh, with Joe Thune, um, yeah. a huge contract, lock him down for a number of years in addition to Kyle Long. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we've, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that the Chiefs are already a pretty well-rounded team. I mean, you can't really go around the roster and like identify all these holes and so really the offensive line was the big one this offseason and and obviously these two signings I think at least somewhat make up for those two um those two cuts I mean yeah uh, Joe Tooney is such a huge offensive line force that the Chiefs really needed you know it's gonna fix a lot of issues with the Chiefs and hopefully that can lead to a more consistent offense um that we're used to seeing out of the Chiefs rather than what happened you know, close to the end of the regular season, all of the postseason. Um, it, it, it's a big shocker that they actually got Tooney. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that Kansas City is still willing to throw the big money at big players. I was surprised, especially after, um, like, running away from those two contracts of Fisher and Schwartz so quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 I guess that was their strategy all along if they ended up getting Thune. Um So... I guess fortune favors the bold. Yeah. Uh, another team that, that I might as well mention is Arizona. And mm. I think that I, I would say that they're still a bit of an overrated team in terms of the hype that's around them versus their actual production thus far. But mm-hmm. they've got a lot of big names uh, in this offseason. And I mean, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson are the three big ones yeah. in my eyes. Um, you know, uh, Rodney Hudson, I mean, has given up three sacks since 2015. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's somewhere on that level, Rodney Hudson, great, great trade for the, for the Arizona Cardinals. And now you get more protection that Kyler Murray definitely needs, and hopefully he doesn't end up like a uh, Russell Wilson, where he just keep running around the pocket in the backfield, and eventually you'll get a pass. AJ Green's a very interesting one. Now I'm pretty sure Arizona has like the oldest wide receiver core in in, in NFL. Hey, AJ but they Green, are each and every one of them are talented. Yeah, it's like I mean it's a there's a lot of mix of veteran leadership, the star player DeAndre Hopkins, and then you got young guys like Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. So the weapons are there. They still need a tight end. They'll probably try to get Kyle Pitts in the draft. Um, but I think yeah. if they get Kyle Pitts, that they are s- at least somewhat legitimate Super Bowl contenders uh, Super in this, Bowl in this contenders. Up to upcoming season. Um, I mean, I think that that any any Super Bowl winning roster needs that veteran leadership that you just talked about. Mm. Um, you know, because obviously, um, the, the, I mean, I mean, there's value to developing young guys, and yeah. the Cardinals have been doing that with Murray and Isabella. Um, and players of that caliber, but you've also brought in a lot of guys now that know how to win, uh, have been winning in this league for a number of years, and you know that's also what you need. You need guys like that to motivate the young, uh, the young core. And so I think that Arizona now has all of it put together, and you know this is sort of uh, you know the storyline of a Super Bowl winning team. I think. Ooh, yeah, I mean, if I'm a quarterback in the NFC West, so Jimmy Garoppolo, if you will be the starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, I am quaking in my boots that I have to play J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones twice a year. It's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got to say, I have a couple big winners um, in my book. Um, for me, one of my favorite teams um, that really – well, I don't really like this team at all. They're one of my least favorite teams, but in terms of what they did in the offseason – 
They really made some great moves. The Cleveland Browns, you know, they, they understand that the Steelers are going to try to re- be the same, so the Browns are going to have to chase after them to take the division title away. Mm-hmm. And so they had John Johnson, who I really like. He's a stud safety that is not really talked about much. Uh, they got Tack McKinley, which was a huge, huge pickup for being another edge rusher to complement Miles Garrett. So now you have two Pro Bowl-level players as your defensive linemen, as your edge rushers. And then Malik Jackson, you know, I got to shout out my former Jaguars. He's, you know, he's just going to be a guy. He's going to be a presence in, you know, in the interior. So you have the Cleveland Browns. The offense is already set. They did all, they were very successful without Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. I, I assume they, they're going to run everything back with the offense, and it seems like that's what they're going to do. The defense, you know, it was a good defensive core. Nothing too, you know. Nothing too big, nothing too small outside Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. and so now you added these two big weapons of John Johnson to Karis McKinley to really strengthen that huge core. Not know. only are you beefing up that defensive line, but you're also um, mm-hmm. padding the secondary with not only John Johnson but Troy Hill, also a great veteran addition. Troy Hill's at a good cornerback. Yeah, he's a good piece to complement. Um, was it Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams? Uh, Denzel Ward really, sh- really proven me. How great he actually is, and hopefully, you know, it could lead to him being a true, true, you know, all all pro, you know, level corner. And mm-hmm. Reedy Williams is a good compliment. Troy Hill is a great piece that you can plug in if anything goes wrong. Um, it's also a one year deal, you know. Mm-hmm. So and they ha- they have all these guys on short contracts that you know if if need be they can just let them go and get new guys. Um, one team that's not getting too much hype as well. Another winner. Of, of mine is the Denver Broncos, uh, mostly because they did their DBs right. They signed Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, and Kareem Jackson. But really the biggest thing for me is that they locked up Justin Simmons. So now they have a DB core that will probably get hurt outside of Justin Simmons. But hey, at least you locked up you know the defensive backs. And now they got to look at True Lock. Is True Lock going to be the guy for Denver? Who really knows? Who knows? Well, mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand, we might as well also take a look at some of the losers uh, after this free agency period. Um, I mean, I guess I'll go first here and state the obvious. The Bears look pretty the bad. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears look awful. Um, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, you can at least say a little positive about letting Mitchell Trubisky go um, to the Bills. <laughs> but, I mean, to replace him with Andy Dalton, that's even worse in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh... What are you doing, Chicago man? With Trubisky, you'd be the you'd be the number two team in the NFC North, and now you've gotten significantly worse. And the Vikings are now a team that could pros- probably take that spot away from them. I don't know what Chicago's doing. They're in a spot where they can't even draft a quarterback, you know, at a proper spot. So Andy Dalton or Nick Foles will be competing for that first overall, for that for that starting job. I mean. That's you know that's twenty nine million dollars. Little bit of quarterback, quarterback. purgatory right here Ugh. for Chicago. Um, I mean, Yikes. just I mean, you continue to see the the quarterback woes uh, mm-hmm. up there, and you know, just yeah. Uh, you got any other teams that you wanted to talk about? Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders are also pretty bad. Um, they for some reason they wanted to just blow up their offensive line. Um, that. You know, raised a lot of eyebrows for me and a lot of people. Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, letting them go. Um, the Rodney Hudson move it still uh, like surprises me. I, I just don't really know. Why. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I think Mike Mayock is just running this team. He's just gonna sign guys that he likes, like they, like he actually like personally enjoys being around them. Yannick Ngakwe, Solomon Thomas, and Quentin Jefferson. So their D line's gonna look completely different. Those are great players and all, but. You know, you got to uh, – like, those aren't those don't wow me. You had good um, good space. John Brown to replace Nelson Aguilar. So, Derek, so Derek Carr, once again, is only going to have Darren Waller. And then they signed Kenyon Drake, which is probably the most questionable signing in this entire free agency for all teams. Why did you pay, you know, two-year, $14.5 million? When you have Josh Jacobs. When you have Josh Jacobs. Doesn't make sense to me. You're, you're paying Kenyon Drake to be a backup. Um, I mean, yeah, Kenny Drake, this was probably the biggest offer he, uh, he was probably given. And so he's just going after their money. And you know what? That's what I would do too. Um, I, Raiders, man, like that Raiders are the other team. They're in the same situation as the bears. 
They're this middling team that they can easily get to the playoffs if they want to, but for some reason they don't trust the core, or they did, and then they're just like going back on their word, and now they're creating you know something where they're leaving a hole open potentially for like the Chargers, who could be the Vikings, you know, you know, you know for the, for the situation I said previously, but uh, it's looking rough for for those middling teams. <laughs> for sure. Yikes, man. For sure. Uh, also worth mentioning the uh, the other New York team. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, uh, I mean I'm happy with the, the with the moves that the Jets made oh, this offseason. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. Pretty efficient. All good things going into the draft. But uh, New York, uh, the Giants making a splash in this offseason uh, with especially the Kenny Galladay signing. Yeah, uh, Kenny Galladay and Leonard Williams locking those guys up for big contracts are just huge for the Giants. They're pretty much setting up the core to where okay. Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, we took you with the sixth overall pick, and apparently you weren't the worst quarterback taken in the first round. So can you please like step up and bring us to a playoff run? And give him a weapon, and yeah. there you go. I mean, Adoree Jackson's also a good one, Kyle Rudolph, I guess. So so now the Giants will probably not go tight end in the draft. Um, with Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, Devontae Booker's a decent backup guy, even though hashtag Gallman gang. <laughs> Wayne Gallman helped me win like two games and helped me win my fantasy league. Um, Congratulations, by the way. It was it was well well deserved. Thank you, thank you. And then of course my quarterback is the, a guy that's gonna be on all headlines right now with Deshaun. But heading back to the G men, you know this is what the G men need to do. They need to get big guys. You know big contracts. This is the biggest market in the United States, especially in the NFL. There you go. So. You know, round of applause for both the Giants and the Jets. The Jets, the Jets did really well. You know, Jared Davis. You know, Keelan Cole. You're getting a great, great little weapon there. I like it. I Lamar like it. Is New, is New York football on the way back? Maybe. <laughs> uh, the Jets are looking better than the Giants. That's for sure. Oh, man. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And we did say that uh, the center of headlines right now and going forward, uh, we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson and. Yes. The uh, the abysmal situation of your Houston Texans. Yeah, um, and Houston. What it a is... bad situation! It's almost it's it's almost tough to say that since the last time we've spoken about it, mm-hmm. it seems to get worse every time. Yeah, no. not only with the front office issues in Houston, but just uh, now with obviously the sexual assault allegations and mm-hmm. whatnot uh, against Deshaun. Uh, I mean, not only for this season, but the career of Deshaun Watson. What is the spell? I mean, yeah, it's it's just crazy to me how everything has just unraveled like that with the Houston Texans. Um, you know, one thing's, you know, they're beating the Buffalo Bills to go to the divisional round. And they had a huge 24-point lead against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. And ever since then, the Texans have just... Truly took dive bombs to to you know to actual land, and they're just it, a, a collapse you've never seen before. And then everything with Deshaun Watson ever since the season has ended has just been nothing but controversy for both Deshaun and the Houston's organization. Uh, I'll get into the lawsuits and allegations, um, but right now just talking about let's just go into Deshaun's relationship with the Houston Texans organization. So if you do not know, viewers, um, Deshaun wants out. He wanted, he wants out. And he said the only reason um, he wanted to stay in Houston is if Houston goes after Eric Bieniemy, who's the offense coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, a few people believe that um, this was for BLM connections for him. He wanted to be under a minor, or um, a minor, uh, as minority, a head coach, yeah. a minority, that's the word. Sorry, I had to swallow there, but um, so Deshaun, <laughs> you're all good, you're all good. so Houston, they hired a, they hired an agency. Nick Casario was the new GM, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll get your guy. And the agency's like, honestly, just go after Eric Bieniemy. Why Why do you need to go after anyone else? The quarterback wants it. He's leading this offense. He's leading the Kansas City Chiefs to have one of the best offenses ever, even though, honestly, I think it's best to not go after Bieniemy. I'm not a big fan of his in terms of being a head coach. Mm-hmm. And they go after it, and they get David Coley instead. And one thing leads to another. Deshaun demands a trade. Houston ain't get letting anything up. They believe he'll be the quarterback next year. I don't know what they're thinking. It's they're delusional. They're but. they're in such a cap hell, and they don't have their third pick. They don't have their second overall. They don't have their second round pick. I mean, 
they got to just blow it up. They got to just trade away Deshaun. They did everything to blow up except for Deshaun Watson. And as soon as I think they- you got to blow up everything but the stadium at this point. <laughs> yeah, keep Casario, keep the head coach. Every player should be gone. They did that except for Deshaun. And then when it seems like they're going to do it, Deshaun Watson gets hit with a sexual assault and harassment allegations and lawsuits. It's now up to, I think, 16, but we're expecting 24 Jesus. Yikes. Those are Donald Trump numbers right Those, there. <laughs> it, for me, it's crazy because when I think of Deshaun, when I think of guys who would never get caught with sexual assault allegations, Deshaun Watson's like up there for one of my top guys that I would assume he would never do based on his personality, on how he is as a character, as a man. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I wasn't expecting any of this either, but I mean, here we are and uh, we kind of have to just deal with all this now. Yeah, it's the NFL is doing a intense investigation over Deshaun Watson. And there's still, I think, five or six teams are heavily interested in trading for Deshaun. But the value of Watson you're going to get now is going to be drastically less than... The situation see. gets that much worse. I mean, I mean, obviously, um, the PR issues that, that come with this now, um, something that, that uh, teams are going to weigh into their trade packages for Deshaun yeah. Watson. Uh, and I, I don't think that Houston can... Uh, can ignore that either. They're going to need to understand that they're going to need to take the L in this one. And, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson has definitely lost a lot of value uh, from this. And so, uh, I mean, just keeps looking worse and worse in terms of um, what they can get back even if they do if they do decide to blow it all up. Yeah. Uh, Houston's got to – they got to trade Deshaun. There's, there's just nothing you can do. There's nothing positive you can do even if Watson's proven innocent on majority of those cases – you know, you still got to get rid of Deshaun, you know, without even thinking about it because he doesn't want to be there with the new coach. You know, he Houston, you're in a situation where you're going to be paying a quarterback a lot of money, but you're not going to be building the team around him properly. You got to try to get something out of it. You need to draft at least before the third round, you know. That would uh, be tragic if they went through this entire draft and didn't get anyone in the first or second rounds. That would be... Uh, they just... <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, man. Deshaun's a great player. I mean, he tore his ACL early in his career, you know, the day after the Astros won the World Series. And a lot of people believe the city of Houston sold their soul for that World Series. They did. They did. They uh, did. 100%. They're... You can't see a collapse, the cheating scandals with the Houston Astros. And now the Houston Astros are kind of a shell of themselves. They're still, they're still a really good team. They're still probably going to win their division. Hey, you saw the Mets uh, got a triple play on them in spring training oh, the other yeah, day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Two triple <laughs> plays in spring training. That is incredible. And then and then you look at the Rockets who, you know, they, were, they missed 27 straight three-pointers. I was watching that game with my own eyes. And BJ's Brewhouse and... St. John's uh, Town Center, and it ends up the Houston Rockets. Look at them now; they just got out of a 20-game losing streak, and now you look at the Texans, and there's only one name, one person I can say since then: Bill O'Brien, the man who single-handedly ruined a franchise. What a travesty this man they was for this organization. The they made him the GM. They gave him even more of the reins after screwing up, and he paid them back in spades for it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it, we just passed, like, a one-year anniversary of DeAndre Hopkins' trade. And DeAndre Hopkins, oh, my God. Thank you, Arizona Cardinals, for believing in me for a second-round pick or something like that. Oh, that was my fucking, goodness. That, that was baller, man. That was insane. The most ridiculous steal of steals, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, um, for David Johnson, <laughs> second-round pick. Absolutely abysmal for the Texans. I mean, literally just traded away all of your talent, all of your picks in the span of a couple of years. Congratulations, Bill O'Brien. You killed the franchise. Yeah, and you know now he's the offense coordinator for Alabama, so Alabama fans expect a very boring-looking offense because it's going to run slower than you can possibly imagine. But going back to Deshaun uh, and the Houston Texans now, they had to get rid of J.J. Watt. They had to burn a lot of contracts. They were in a big contract hell. Now they're at about $10 million in cap post-free agency. they got to get rid of Deshaun. They, they signed Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Finley, so... They're 100% trading them based on what they've done. Mm-hmm. But the value they're going to get with Deshaun is just 
it's it's non-existent. You're gonna it's gonna be very little. What would you think that uh, that they that they could get in return for Deshaun Watson at this point? If third, you had to guess, third rounder if they're lucky, to be quite honest. There's just there's the teams teams know that they're that the Texans are desperate that they have to trade Deshaun, and with these allegations, it drops the value even more than that. So I'd assume you're lucky with a third round pick. Honestly, I think it'll be like a fourth round, probably a fourth. In a six, maybe two fourths in a six, something around there. Don't forget they trade sevenths. Oh yeah, in a seventh round pick. For no <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, Houston. Your your franchise quarterback, at least for one year, will be Tyrod Taylor, unless the doctor punctures his lung again, and therefore Ryan Finley will be in, and then you guys will go on a five game winning streak for almost no reason. With but, Ryan Finley? Yeah. Hey you man. Think so? Hey, it's just you know, hey. Deja vu can happen. The Chargers did that with Justin Herbert. You know, That's they, true. That's true. But, Even though, I mean, Justin Herbert is the offensive rookie of the year, and Ryan yes. Finley is. Ryan Finley. Hey, hey. He won a game. I think won. Yeah, he beat the Steelers. Remember, he beat the Steelers. All respect. <laughs> All respect given. Uh, My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> so, Houston, you know, looking at the situation, you don't have a first-round pick. You don't have a, a second-round pick. Because now you have because you have Larry Tunsil in that trade, you get rid of Bill O'Brien, you get Romeo Cornell as your interim, and then you you add David Coley. So you you're in a situation where you were just got out of cap hill. Your quarterback doesn't want you want to be there. Demands a trade with sexual assault allegations. With no for no first round pick, no second round pick, so you practically tanked for no reason, and now you're here. Literally the worst situation in sports, not in the NFL. Not just in you know North America, all of the sports world, the Houston Texans. I would not touch it with a ten foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. So I mean, seeing where the Texans are now and where they have to go, and of course, I mean, th- this episode will be focusing on the Houston Texans. We'll talk yes. about uh, we'll talk about their draft situation, about um, their free agency outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, just in, in in terms of a long term scale. Um, where where do you think that the Texans start in in order to just begin putting the pieces back together as an organization here? Uh, I mean, it's a very weird, it's such a mess right now with the Houston Texans. Um, first first thing you gotta do is you gotta get rid of Deshaun Watson at all costs. Yep. You either trade him, and for some reason, if you can't trade him, you gotta just cut him. Because the situation right now, even though if you if you know if he comes out being innocent or not, you gotta stay away from him. That's step that's step one, and then step two, um, you're just gonna have to sit and watch a lot of pain and suffering over here. Um, you gotta try to get into the first two rounds at the very least. Problem is they don't really have a lot of assets they can do, so just they just have to take huge L's in this this off season. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I personally yeah, think that they should at least try to get some kind of pick uh, in either the first or the second round. Maybe um, you know if if it's in the early to mid second round, trade up for a pick there. Mm-hmm. Uh, give up a little bit of your late round picks. Uh, you know, just just get in the conversation um, with respect to these top players in the draft because we've talked about this is a pretty deep draft class, um, but I mean it's not incredibly deep. So I don't really think you're going to get a ton of value uh, with that first pick being in the third round. But, hey, I mean, there are going to be a couple guys that fall from the first round to the early and mid-second. Yeah. Um, and if you can just latch on to somebody, um, some quality player, um, you know, just, just bring a little bit of spark of hope to Houston, uh, to the fans, to the, uh, to the front office. Just hope that you have a piece that can move you in the right direction. And I yeah. think that's got to be the first thing. Mm. Um, I mean, from there on, obviously, um, you know, at whatever pace they can, find a new quarterback and find somebody that's going to be effective. I don't think that they should really go for drafting a quarterback here. Um, I think I think there's way too many other teams suiting, uh, like looking for these other quarterbacks for that to be uh, remotely worth it. Yeah. But yes, I would say tank this season. But um, but yeah, this offseason and in this draft, they should definitely try and try and get a first or second round pick. Yeah, they, they got to try to get up in the first two rounds, man. You can't – with a team like this, you just can't just let it – just walk, you, you know, let players go by like that. I do agree with you. They should not go quarterback in this draft. Um, one, they have temporary options already set. 
I don't think you should add a you know a late late round pick that to that situation. You know, and you got some you got a lot of talent next year. You got Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis, Jaden Daniels. Uh, Jaden Daniels is my QB one. That's a big controversy. We'll we'll talk about that you know next year's draft in a long time from now. But they got a lot of room they can work with for quarterback next year. So why try to chase a new one this year when you're not going to be positioned? Cal Trask will probably not be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so definitely. Not. I I wouldn't think so. Like in their position, Kellen Mond will most likely be their best quarterback available. And even then, I don't think it's worth it trying to get him to really build. You know, build your team up again. If you're gonna if you're gonna draft a quarterback as the Texans, you better be sure that this guy is the guy going forward. Yeah. You cannot grab a guy in the third round out of the bargain bin just because he's there and you need a quarterback. That's just not going to work. Um, I feel like that would kind of just be doing more of the same here. Don't reach. Yeah. Um, be patient, even if it's not going to happen this draft. You know, if you get to the sixth, seventh round and there's uh, there, there's a flyer quarterback that you want to yeah. sign to the practice squad, go for yeah. it. Hey, we've yeah. seen fun stories like that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, it'd be very interesting. Um, I think... The first thing they gotta do is try to find a receiver, see if they have a receiver that falls into their lap in the third round. Because, I mean, their number one options right now they have Randall Cobb, Dante Moncrief, Brandon Cooks, and uh, Kiki Cootie. Or right, those are the receivers they have. They need to get a star receiver, and hopefully, he if he has a great rookie season, then he can get the quarterback. And there you go, you have a duo. You go running back too. There's uh, Cam Gainwell will probably be there. Javante Williams if he falls could be a decent young guy you could pick up because, I mean, their running back their running back room is weird too with Mark Ingram, uh, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay. A very weird room that they're all going to compete against each other with. But I'm very curious to see. Uh, Shaq Lawson was a good good trade that they got and they got rid of McKinney, so they shed a little bit of cap space with that. But ugh. It's just a it's just a very very weird situation that the the Texans got they got themselves into for sure for sure well um we can also focus a little bit on on the front office here yeah. uh, I know you mentioned that Nick Casari the new general manager uh, mm-hmm. for Houston I mean uh well I would I would say better than Bill <laughs> O'Brien I mean I feel like anything is better than Bill O'Brien at this point yeah um but I I mean more specifically what do you feel like uh, Casario brings to the organization. Casario brings uh, more youth than anything else, in my opinion. Um, he, I can, he, I kind of like him. I kind of like him. That's kind of surprising based on how his um, personality is, but I do like him. Uh, he was with the Patriots for a long time. Um, he was going to be. Remember, he was. Um, he was in that little scandal for uh, the tampering. The Texans oh, were trying yeah. to trade him. Remember, all the way back that happened. It's the same guy. A lot of people forget about that. But he he's been a scout and he's been an executive for the Patriots for you know for most of the 2010s, 20, 2000s and 2010s. Um, Obviously the glory days, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, what I've heard from, um, what is it? What I've heard from the New England camp is that this guy knew how to really recruit and stuff, and scout. And he was the director of player personnel for the you know 2008 to 2020. And now he's going up to you know the next step, 2021. He, he has six rings under his belt. For the Patriots, so you ha- you have a winner. You have a guy that understands the culture need of winning, and hopefully he understands that that Texans are a long long way from winning. I certainly hope he's not expecting to uh, to win a seventh ring this year. No, um, <laughs> but you know I, I I think it's I think it's pretty cool for him to to be taking his six rings to uh, to a bit of a failing organization at the moment and yeah. see if uh, he can you know revive it. And uh, that would be pretty cool if he did, I would assume. I mean, yeah, this is his first time as a GM ever, or even an interim GM. Like, he's only been he's been a director of player personnel, and that's it. So, yeah, here you go, buddy. I figure that's worth considering, too. I mean, this is definitely going to be a little, uh, you know, learning on the fly here. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, I, I don't suppose there were too many better options um, for the Texans anyways, um, but they've got a guy who's obviously going to need to, uh, you know, develop a bit as a GM before... Yeah. You know, he really knows what he's doing he there. Seem, he seems aggressive, though. That trade for Shaq Lawson uh, to get rid of uh, McKinney was a very interesting one. Shaq Lawson will be the J.J. Watt replacement. So he, he I, I do like how aggressive he is. Uh, Texans kind of need to do that to get into some sort of stability and foundation for the rebuild. 
Um, I, I do like Casario, and, and I think that could be surprising to people who are listening. But I do like him. I do like him. I will say that. All right, will do. Bold take it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about Houston, but um, they do not have their third overall pick not this year, not. and they traded that. Uh, that pick was traded to the Miami Dolphins, yes. uh, who we will be talking about later in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they are holding on to the third overall pick, and they have some holes of their own to fill. Yes. Um, and we'll be talking about all of that in just a second. We'll go to break. All right, we are back, and it is time to go down further south. I was yes. about to say go down south, um, but then I also realized that Houston is also in the south. So I'm going to say <laughs> even further down south uh, because Miami is. Uh, so we're focusing on the Dolphins. Miami, 305, third overall pick. They have the third overall pick uh, <laughs> thanks to the Houston Texans. Uh, I mean, obviously, yet another bad Beautiful trade decision. Trade. Beautiful well, trade for the it Dolphins. Wasn't, it wasn't a bad trade per se. But I mean, now it looks bad. They gave up. I mean, they did give up two first round picks for Laramie Tunsil. Um, Laramie Tunsil's great, but yeah, now you're looking at it. The Texans, they need that third overall pick, and the Dolphins are like, no. <laughs> the Dolphins really don't need it, and that's the best part of all this. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've we we I think we we mentioned it briefly last episode. The Dolphins have, I mean, what looks like a textbook rebuild, like the Houston Astros, like the Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. and here we are with Miami. Yeah. Um, in, in a season where nobody really thought that they would do much, they went 10-6 and six and almost made the playoffs. Yeah, they were one game away from the playoffs. They should have made it, man. I, I, I would have been happy to see it. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I mean, you know, um, the defense is a bit, you know, defense played phenomenal. A very healthy defense. This year, which was very especially Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard, you know, played like he was the best DB in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, good job for the Dolphins. Hopefully, the defense can stay, you know, stay healthy, so this year wouldn't be a fluke. You know, they got to do something though. You know, early in the first round. Thank you for the Larry Tunsil trade because the Patriots made a lot of big moves and they're looking like they're back. Patriots also run. made a lot of big moves. Uh, I know we were talking about free agency winners and losers in the in the beginning segment, and we didn't mention New England, but actually the Patriots, uh, I, I think, had one of the best out of all 32 NFL teams. Um, I mean, yeah, you got a bunch of weapons for Cam and brought Cam back. Spent and brought Cam back, and, you, and, you, and you've got two tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. You've got Matthew Judon, Jalen Mills, Nason Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, I can keep going on with this list of guys that they have brought in. And, I mean, it kind of touches on every, um, just about every part of the football field here. Um, Just beefing up Bill Belichick at it once again. Uh, I mean. I'm coming for you, Tom. He is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he is. Bill Belichick wants. He is so mad with Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is furious. There's no way he's he's making all these moves because he wants to prove everyone wrong. Even though you already proved people wrong, you went seven and nine with that Patriots team, Bill. You should be proud of that. But then again, I know his expectations, and I know he wants to win rings, not just win games. Well, I mean, I mean, we remember years ago, back when uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were together. I know we yeah. say back in the day now. Um, you know, the conversation was always about um, how or why they were so good. Was it yeah. Tom Brady? Or was, it Bill? was it Bill Belichick? Is he a system quarterback or is he just that good? And Answer? I mean, he is that good is, is, is kind of what this season indicates. I mean, yes. when Tom Brady at his age can go to a completely different team on the other side of the country, in a Bruce Arian system, <laughs> in a Bruce Arian system and still win a ring. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, Bill Belichick not being talked about so much about because, you know, a lot of people will now say, oh, maybe it wasn't Bill Belichick's uh, all, all these years. But, I mean, now obviously he has something to prove mm-hmm. and he is really stacking up his own roster. Yeah. And, I, I mean, honestly, it's going to be pretty close between them and Buffalo this year in my opinion. Really? Okay. I think so. It's They've, I think they got significantly better. We're gonna, Yeah, we're for me, we're going to look at um, – I think the, the Bills, regardless, are going to find a way to go 12-4 and four again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be between the Patriots and the Dolphins. They may both sneak into the playoffs, which I, I, I'm predicting them to, unless the Carson Wentz goes MVP. But the Dolphins, they need to be as aggressive in this draft as the Patriots were with, you know, this offseason. So with the third pick, you know, 
they have a lot of options. They're not. They don't need quarterback with Tua. Um, the franchise has finally said, yeah, Tua's our guy next year. Remember when the Deshaun Watson things were flying by? Maybe he goes to Miami. I remember that. I remember that. And honestly, like, I still don't even know if that would have been totally bad for Miami, just knowing that Deshaun Watson has, uh, you know, experience and, uh, and, and, you know, winning under his belt already. Two obviously taken a little bit of time to get there. But, I mean, I still love two. I think he's a born winner. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big – I'm a lefty, so lefty lives matter. And – uh, Tua has got to just just give him time, give him a chance before you say anything. He's actually gonna have a guy. He's, his offense coordinator will not be uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. So hopefully this will be you know be the best for Tua. So the first two quarterbacks off the board, you know, and then you had the Dolphins at number three. They can go receiver or O line here. There's really nothing else that's been talked about for them to do. Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. First time we're actually mentioning these guys, really. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the receivers. Um, Devontae, Jamar, Jalen Waddle. Who's your wide receiver, one, two, three? Uh, I mean, honestly, I would go right in that order right there. Really? Devontae Smith, Smith Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle. One, two, three right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, Devontae Smith coming off a Heisman season where he just went absolutely bonkers. Insane that a, that a wide receiver even wins the Heisman. Yeah, it's And, I mean, wild. just how much you have to do um, above and beyond even a standard good wide receiver season in order to do that. Uh, I mean, and especially with Devontae being slept on by so many people for, for yeah. his physicality and yes. his, his, his 170-pound weight. <laughs> um, you know, I can he relate. I, I, look, I can relate. I'm 155 myself. Yeah. Um, so all respect to him. Uh, and then, you know, we, we haven't talked about Jamar Chase a lot this season, uh, obviously because he sat out. Yeah, he sat out. The but, um, I mean, remember last year what he did with Joe Burrow. He was, um, yeah. I mean, ugh, it, it's just it's going to be this just story of the um, with the Joe Burrow and the, and the Tua teams that the, one team had Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs on one side. And on the other side was Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Terrence Marshall Jr. What that, a that that is loaded. Incredible. It was really, really I, cool. Yeah, for me, man, uh, I don't know. I have to. For me, I can't judge Jamar because, like, Jamar is a very talented receiver. Don't get me wrong. I think he should be wide receiver number two. Uh, the difference between is is he wide receiver one or two for me is that. He was in Joe Brady's system, and I can't really judge and see, okay, how do these guys play out after the Joe Brady system? Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, phenomenal. Did really well with Minnesota. Yep. And Jefferson's been a star in LSU for many years, so it makes sense. So I think Jamar Chase, I think I'm wide receiver number two. Devonta Smith, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He, he, he can do everything you can ask for wide receiver. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you'll give them weapons. Preferably go Alabama, um, you know, with just an Alabama connection. With Stick Tua. with the Tide, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think chemistry is something that yeah. people don't talk about enough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we've, we've spoken about, uh, a, well, we've spoken a little preemptively about the Bengals and kind of what we think yes. that they're going to do going forward. We're going to speak about the Bengals in a, probably a couple weeks. Two weeks from now, um, yes. But, like, what about the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection? That would be pretty cool. Very, yeah, it, um, it, I would like to see that. Um, and then they're really just going to tank to get Joe Brady and just bring all the boys back. That I mean, would be, yeah. yeah. With ooh, And then Jalen Waddle is someone that's still not getting enough love, man. You know, I feel like I feel like you're way higher on Jalen Waddle than I really? have ever been. Yeah, well, I mean, I, talk about that a little bit. I mean, for me, Jalen Waddle, I I like guys who can just be so versatile, both on the offense and return. Jalen Waddle, I I watch a lot of Alabama football. Not not even because I like Alabama, I just end up watching them all the time. They're always on national TV. I mean, it's so. just where I come from. I mean, he's you know he is smaller. He is five foot ten. He did have a little bit of injury issues, but this guy. Is his speed? What he does on the as the offense, you know, he takes so much tension away from the stars, from the other receivers, you know, that he just can be such an impact guy. Especially if you put him in the slot, you put him in a slot receiver with two two very great outside guys. Either they're gonna leave Jalen Waddle open, or Jalen Waddle is gonna open everything up for the other two. 
So there you go. I'm I'm high on Jalen Waddle. I I like how he just go. You can put him wherever you want on the field, and he could be a return guy. But he is my wide receiver number three. You know that's just how it is. I think I think it's going to be starting to become consensus with Devontae Jamar Waddle. At three. I can I can respect One, two, that three. for sure. I can respect well, that. Uh, Panay Sewell, if they don't go receiver, do, do you think they should go O line? Um, you know, I think obviously also a very interesting prospect. I mean, yes, Tua with it, uh, it going into his second year in the league. Um, I think that, you know, the offensive lineman argument is applicable to a lot of teams just with young quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, trying to situate themselves into the league, trying to, um, you know, get a better feel for, for NFL pressure yeah. and NFL defenses and all of that. Um, it always helps to give him more time and having a a wall at the offensive uh, lineman position in Paneso would be really, really good for the Dolphins. Um, something that we haven't mentioned, by the way, um, that we should mention, you know, the fact that the Dolphins, they're coming off a 10-6 and six season. Yes. Um, with the third overall pick. Yes. They don't necessarily need to use it, in my opinion. They uh, really don't okay. necessarily need to use it. They could go ahead and trade this yeah. pick away and get a fortune for it. I mean, yeah, it... it I, I kind of like that idea, too. I, I didn't really think about that. Um, the Dolphins really trading down. That would be genius for the Dolphins to do. I mean, just if, just if to think about, right. not only is it the third overall pick, uh, which has value in any given in, season, yes. um, you know, just, just looking at the draft order and looking at the teams looking up from, uh, from below those top five slots, uh, you know, your Panthers, your Eagles, uh, your Broncos, yeah. you know, teams of that nature – um, you know, middle of the field, trying to find a big piece to make it in the playoffs. A couple of these teams with quarterbacks uh, woes of their own, uh, particularly the Panthers. Um, you know, you realize that the Dolphins, they don't need this pick in order to be successful next year. I think it'll obviously help them be significantly more successful, but they could flip this into at least two first rounders in my eyes. Two first rounders. Holy cow. For the number three overall pick, when when yeah. uh, when you when the other teams know that they have the potential to draft a Justin Fields or a Panay Sewell or a uh, Devonte Smith, really whoever you want, other than Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, uh, what looks like the consensus right now, uh, um, yeah. and it, it's mm. it's a very 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 valuable spot to be in, and you know just again the the big point being that the Dolphins don't need this pick the way that other teams do, and so. I think that the upside for them is huge potentially if they go ahead and get rid of it. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking at the Dolphins, the the ideal situation for Dolphins right now, if they do trade, is you trade with the Panthers because the Panthers trade up to taking Justin Fields at number three. The Falcons will be so pressured that they have to take Trey Lance at four, and then now now as the Dolphins are sitting at eight, I, we mentioned four guys. Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Panay Sewell. You're getting one of those guys They would at eight. all be available. One of them will be at the very least. Yeah, at least one of them. Bang- obviously a couple, yeah. couple spots in between that. There's a big question mark. The Bengals at five, they'd have to choose between Panay Sewell, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. And then at six, their uh, Eagles will just take a receiver. And then the Lions will take a receiver. And then at eight, you're going to have whoever's left. And one, you're going to get a first-round pick out of it. But two, you can get a guy... You can you, you'll be forced to get one of those four guys who will all be studs for your team, and more. I I, I kind of, I really like that idea. Preferably, I think they should try to go Panay Sewell. If I think they can if they can sneak Panay Sewell if the Bengals do go um, with uh, Jamar Chase at five because the the Eagles will go wide receiver, the Lions will go wide receiver. So you'd have four straight quarterbacks, three wide receivers if the Bengals do take Jamar Chase, and you get Panay Sewell who was. Might I add how great the offensive tackle class was last year? Panay Sewell won the offensive line trophy, the Outland Trophy, for, for that entire class and wasn't drafted. So he was the mm. best, of, of better than guys who were drafted. Better than Tristan Wirfs? Eh, you know, that's, Tristan Wirfs showed that's out. That's some Iowa. I mean, <laughs> uh, also, as we were talking about the Dolphins and Tristan Wirfs, shout out to Tim Rodriguez of the Suns Out, Fins Up podcast exclusive. Uh, podcast sponsored by the Say It Again Network, talking about the Miami Dolphins and everything Miami Dolphins. He had Tristan Wirfs as O-line number one. And honestly, me too. It was a little bit of Iowa bias, but also because Tristan Wirfs was just, <laughs> without even getting biased, he just looked physically athletic. And I see a lot of that with Penesuel. Penesuel will be a stud in this draft. 
I think whoever gets them is going to have a, just a star offensive line almost immediately. And the Dolphins could get them at eight. You know, that'd be a phenomenal. It's a little bit of a yeah. stretch at that point. Uh, I think at eight particularly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like with, with all these teams, I mean, we said the offensive lineman argument, really applicable to any team looking to just uh, bolster their offense. Yeah. Of course, I mean, very few offensive lines are truly uh, great at the moment. And so, you know, any of these teams, if they don't really have the guy that they want at their at their respective position, they can really just fall back on Panay Sewell. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, I wouldn't necessarily get, uh, re- rely on, on being able to get him at eight, but definitely a possibility. And then you've got guys like Ray Sean Slater and Christian Darisaw a little bit further down if you really uh, did still want to go with the far. offensive line. Yeah, if you, like if you trade with the Broncos or if the Niners are that aggressive, I mean, you're going to get more draft capital um, for less of a draft prospect. But even then, they're still great guys. If they go at eight, and my prediction is how I see it, if everyone drafts the way they should – the Dolphins will get Jalen Waddle at eight, which I think would be phenomenal. That's where you should take Waddle is around mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, I'm on board for for a trade down for the Dolphins. They're gonna look like geniuses. They're gonna get a first and a third round pick, no matter what. Out of that, shoot. I think it it looks like the smartest move, and I mean, it would continue to make the rebuild better and better for yeah. the Dolphins. I mean, because I mean that pick coming from uh the uh from the trade that you know, got us here, and to continue to flip uh, that third overall pick into more picks, mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers just keep getting better for that just overall rebuild. Dolphins, you look really, really, really good. I'm proud of you as a Jets fan. We're trying to come and join you guys. <laughs> um, but let's also talk about the number 18 overall pick yes, because um, I'd say you can safely uh, use this pick. Um, and some of the key positions that I would say, I mean, offensive line again, the defensive line, and also running back. Yeah, uh, there's there's the big three really you gotta address are is running back, D line, O line. I'm I'm not as big on running back as a lot of people, a lot of others are saying, mostly because I'm a big fan of Miles Gaskin, who is also on my fantasy team. But um, for me, I'm more on the line of D line and O line. Either get to the quarterback or protect your quarterback. And there's a lot of talent there at 18. They're in a really good spot to get high quality guys. Um, once again, they can go after some hometown boys. Jalen Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Roche, um, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan if he falls that far. That would be a huge pickup to get him at 18. Mm-hmm. I, I like Quiddy Pay. Um, I forget forget where he, what country he's from. Uh, he's from West Africa. I know that. And there's many countries in West Africa. <laughs> um, they like College Game Day did like a special on him, and I was listening on my way back home. Um, Guinea. That's right, Guinea. Um, and it just showed, it just like went through his uh, story and how his mom got to America. Beautiful story. And stories like that, those guys come and they're, they're really aggressive in the league. Um, so I say try to go D line before, you know, maybe Elijah Vera Tucker for offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah Uso Koromo, if you want to go linebacker, or Micah Parsons. You've said Micah Parsons. By the way, uh, just uh, during this episode, uh, we got word that Micah Parsons ran a 4 3 8. At the uh, at Penn State's pro day, oh blistering my God. speed. Um, this oh guy looks God. even better. Four three eight. Sub four four. And, linebacker. Uh, and by the way, Jason Away uh, running a four three six as a defensive end. These both these guys look oh scary gosh. now. Penn State guys, gosh darn! Penn State feeding some people. I want. Oh yeah, it's Penn State's pro day. That's why I, I actually got to pay attention. Pat Farmuth. <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> there you go. I gotta look at that later. But man, okay. Well, away. Welcome to the conversation. You're now gonna be taken in the middle of the first round with that speed. There Holy you go. Cow. Okay, so Parsons may not be there at 18 anymore. Koromoa, uh, uh, probably easily the second best linebacker in this draft out of Notre Dame. I'm a big fan of his. They can definitely get him at 18 if he's there. Maybe, maybe not. Ooh, but I think D line will be the most logical. Thing. They could go running back. Najee Harris, ETN, we talked about him in the last episode with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Those are two studs they can take at 18 if they really want to, if they're not big fans of Gaskin. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of moving on from Gaskin. I think he, he can do a lot of things both in the backfield and in open space as a receiver. I would think they stay with him. Yeah. Um, like like the yeah, Jaguars yeah. currently um, with, James, with James, Robinson. James Robinson. You know, you don't have a star running back or a guy that's going to completely change your game right now. 
Yeah. Um, but what you do have is you have a great selection mm. uh, and somebody that you have time and room to develop. Yeah. And so, you know, you could very easily go that way, but you could also go with somebody that you feel might have more upside, like a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne. Yeah. I feel like I kind of foam with the mouth over them every single time I talk about them. <laughs> um, but, um, but again, to your point about the defensive line, I think that's also a great position to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, having lost Tack McKinley. Um, so, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did get um, Bednarik uh, McKinney from the Houston Texans trade. They did get rid of Shaq Lawson, so they really need a defensive lineman replacement. I mean, or an edge rusher at the very least. I say look look, look to look to the hometown university. I, I think Jalen Phillips. I really like Jalen Phillips. Dude, I mean, six foot five. He is ready. He played at UCLA for two years, and he played for Miami. Um, I'm a big fan of his. He, he messed up FSU, and he messed up a whole bunch of teams after that. So I think Jalen Phillips is the guy they should go after at 18. If not, I'm a big fan of Quiddy Pays as well. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. There it is. <laughs> um, so in a second, we'll, uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk about a little more of some of the recent news going around, obviously uh, in the aftermath of free agency, but obviously still a couple of loose ends to be tied up, particularly uh, we've talked about Deshaun Watson and that saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple others as well, and we'll give you a little bit of insight on some of the remaining guys. Uh, we'll also do our week three trivia, uh, and, uh, and after that we will wrap it up. But before then, we will go to break. All right, uh, we're back, and it's time to just address some of the lingering names uh, in free agency. Um, looking through a couple of, of, of the guys still on the board, Alex Smith, Geno Atkins, K1 Short, uh, Melvin Ingram, AJ Boye, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other guys out there still on the board. Um, what? Well, I guess which of these names that are still here uh, surprises you the most? Um, I'm very surprised that Alex Smith hasn't been signed yet to be a backup somewhere. Um, I, a lot of Jags fans assumed that we were going to get him instead of Jags went after C.J. Beathard. Um, I thought uh, he'd be signed by now to at least, um, was it, the, the Dallas Cowboys uh, to be a backup for, for Dak Prescott. But, yeah, it's, it's very surprising to see Alex Smith just sitting there, um, you know, kind of like an unwantable quarterback at this point. And it sucks because Alex Smith is a very talented guy. Even with I don't get life. that, honestly. Um, you know, obviously Alex Smith, far from what he once was before the big injury, um, but he didn't look like all that bad last year. You know, he had he had um, moments where, you know, he showed flashes of his old self. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's definitely better than, 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 you know, a backup in this league, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that he still has the potential – to start for a lower to mid tier team right now, um, win a few games, um, you know, maybe 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 play above a younger guy and uh, you know help develop him as a quarterback. Um, I honestly would would have expected him to sign in in Chicago if they were going to go for Andy Dalton. I think that he's yeah. better than Andy Dalton. As a, yeah, as an you, you could have gotten something cheaper with that. I do agree. Um, very, uh, it's very weird. Um, we're at this point in free agency where there's a lot of good guys on the board, or used to be good guys. They're just uh, older, older players that no one really knows what they really do with them. Like Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher, Al Hunter, Villanueva, Jadavion Clowney, Carlos Dunlap. Those are the guys that you met. Some of those guys you mentioned. Yep. They're all like lot, you know, very viable guys that you'd like to have on your team. And they're all also like thirty-something-year-olds, though. So uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, th- I think it's getting a little difficult for teams to necessarily value them. Mm. Um, I'm surprised that Malcolm Butler isn't somewhere new though, because yeah, I'm very surprised. I mean, there's still a lot. Of, there's still a bunch of teams with a lot of cap space to play with. Jags still have the most with 42 million. Colts have 39. Broncos have 30. Jets have 30. Um, I mean, I look for teams that are very young. Um, that they're looking forward to really spend. Like the Jets may be someone to try to get like Carl's Dunlap, I think, to just build up your D-line just like that with Carl Lawson. I think that would be really good, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I also wouldn't even mind a guy like Malcolm Butler. Um, I, w- I wouldn't mind it one bit because our secondary obviously kind of suffering at the moment too. Um, but, yeah, so these guys still waiting to be taken off the board. Yeah. Um, Ugh, man, AJ Boy, it's sad to see that he's not signed yet, man. How might he have fallen? Once a Jag, always a Jag, except for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, he was pretty good with y'all, except for Leonard Fournette. He, yeah, sorry. 
If you're a Jaguar that leaves and you sign a um, or if you win a ring after leaving the Jaguars, I don't care about you anymore. Uh, Chad <laughs> Henney, you know, cool. You got it. You you hate Chad Henney. Hey man, I. What did Chad ever do to you, man? He was terrible for the Jags. That's why. And then Blaine Gabbert has a ring too. And then if the Rams actually step up to their potential, Blake Bortles may have a ring too. Jesus. I mean, look. I would support Blake Bortles getting a ring, though. I'm not going to lie. It's the, fir- it's the first thing you do in the morning. Well, piss. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary moment by, <laughs> well, by the great Blake Bortles. The third overall pick, I may add. Oh, but yeah, there's, man. But there's, but there's still a lot of talent that's left, a lot of veteran guys that you need to go after. So, for sure, for sure. They'll, they'll get their bags. They will get their bags. I mean, at least looking at look, looking at your own guys, uh, looking at the Jaguars, and looking at uh, this list of available free agents, uh, if you had to pick one of these guys, uh, which mm-hmm. one would you pick to to bolster this team? Ooh, okay. Um, we, ha- I, we have to go edge rusher for me. Uh, we really built up defense tackles over, so we, I, I'd like to have a DN so we can move Chase on out. So... Uh, let's see here. I don't want Clowney. I don't want Carlos Dunlap. I kind um, so I'll go Carlos Dunlap, Melvin Ingram, or Olivier Vernon, I'll, or Ryan Kerrigan. I'll take one of those veteran guys, uh, edge rushers that um, the Jacks can add, just to have, you know, so we can actually move Chase on outside and leave Josh Allen on the line because we will be transitioning to a three-four this year. Mm-hmm. So I think taking a veteran uh, defensive line and then preferably an edge rusher could really you know even out the entire draft. Or I should say the roster. The Jags kind of understand what they need to do. So we have $40 million in cap. We're just mm-hmm. trying to get some carryover, it looks like. Yep. Um, Jets, who who would you like to? I, I see that Brian Poole is still out there. Are you think? Do you think you guys should resign him or go after someone else that um, – I think we've got – like I mean, if when you, when you look at the Jets cap space, I mean, you said $30 million. Um, I think when it comes to bringing back a guy like that who – who, um, you know, obviously wasn't a, a star or anything like that, um, but made quality plays for your offense, you know, was there to fill that hole, and, you know, just did a good job overall. I think I think that he deserves the love from New York. I think that New York has the cap space. Um, I would want them to go at the, uh, to the cornerback position anyways, and so I would not hate at all um, to see them re-sign Brian Poole. Um, but I also look at the defensive line here, and I look at um, old veterans like Kwan Short and Geno Atkins, both um, guys that are older now, obviously, but still um, name brand players, and and something that I think would be just good for the organization as a whole. Um, get a little bit better on the defensive line, and also just bring in a name that the player uh, that fans will come and watch. Yeah, you know, T T Y wouldn't be too bad to have for a year. T Y wouldn't wouldn't be all too bad either. Yeah, um, you know, obviously still struggling at wide receiver, um, so work to be done there. But yeah, I would say those those those, those are my big guys. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, it's a lot left, a lot of names on the board, but I think everyone's starting to transition to the draft, which is officially just over a month away. Uh, we are officially five weeks away from the draft as of the video being posted up. Um, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see. You know, we not a lot of time left before we start. We have guys a big crossroads here, and. I feel like just the implications for so many different teams at so many important junctures in their own respective, um, you know, careers, I would say, as, as a franchise, um, this draft is very make or break for a lot of these teams. Mm. Um, and it's it's going to be a fun one to watch because I am sure we're going to get a lot of curveballs in this draft. Like, what if the Jets just went and signed Panay Sewell all of a sudden? And yeah. then... Then I mean Sam Zach Brown. Wilson on the board for everybody at number three. Yeah. Does that make the um, Does that make that third overall pick for for the Dolphins more even valuable. more valuable? Yeah. I feel like the asking price goes up if the Jets do that. Oh, 100 percent. It'd be very weird. I, I would kind of like that because if you don't, it's either Panay Sewell or Zach Wilson. I prefer Zach Wilson. Panay Sewell is still a great guy to, t- to take at number two. I mean, yeah, you would. It, if the consensus one and two don't do what they should do, the draft will go into a tailspin almost immediately. You know, so hey, if you want if you want some chaos, if you want to see the world burn, take Panay Sewell number two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it, it, it'd be some cool fireworks. What yeah, can I say? It would be very, very interesting. For sure. Uh, so, 
are you ready to go for this week's trivia? I am ready to go for this All right. week's trivia. All right, because I believe that I should be set to go as well. Okay. Um, so I will let you get it going here. All righty, so my first question is a very, it's a very simple one. Um, Houston had a, had a football team before the, before, um, you know, the Texans, okay? Oh, come on, I know this one. Yeah, I know you know that. Um, but I, I'm not asking that. I know who it is. Houston okay, Oilers. good, good, good. I was hoping that. Who is their down to earth, everyone knows, they, their franchise quarterback? Of like the like their greatest player of all time, uh, Warren Moon. Warren Moon, that is correct. There you go. I'm trying to make it easy for you. I want I want <laughs> you to score some points. Appreciate There's it. I one. appreciate it. All right. Um. So for my first question, I'll just be referring to uh, a player that I was hyping up a little bit uh, in this episode about a guy that I could see the Jets taking. Guy that I'm surprised that no one else has taken. Uh, Malcolm Butler. Mm. Um, you might expect that I would ask you about his signature play, um, because we all know about his signature play and pretty much the epitome of his career. Yes. Um, you know, no, no disrespect, Malcolm Butler, but that clutch. was the epitome of your career. Clutch genius. Hey, clutch gene is right. Hey, he won him a ring. Yes. Um, but where did that man go to college? Where did Malcolm Butler go to college? Oh my goodness. It's a small school. Very small school. Oh man, is it D one or no? I. Is this D one? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Let me look it up here. Is this, I don't. Right, so I don't F- think this is a D one. So it's out of FBS then, one hundred percent. Since you don't know it, FCS is a big. Yeah. Mystery. If you say D one, it's an FCS school. But I think he is. I I don't know if he's from an HBCU or not. I'm trying to think if he is. Um. Gosh, I'm thinking. I have no idea. Ugh. It's not an HBCU. It's not an HBCU. It is not. And it's not D one. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, shout out to my boy, Harry Bowker. Because uh, I'm going to go with Mount Union. Mount Union? Is it Mount Union? It's not Mount Union. Oh, Unfortunately, it is West Alabama. West Alabama. Um, okay. I couldn't have guessed that one either, honestly. I think you'll be okay not knowing that one. Yeah. But, you know, you being up 4-1, I have to I, I have to turn up the heat a little bit on oh, you. I feel full. like you know everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Okay, all right. I'm up next. Okay, the the Texans have had one um, first team All Pro running back. This running back played for both the Texans and the Dolphins in his career. He is currently retired right now. Who is that player? He's a running back, by the way. Uh, Arian Foster. And Arian Foster is the answer. There, there you go. go, man. I'm two for two today. Look there at me go. go. I, I gotta make it interesting, you know. Ugh. All right. Uh, my question will be pertaining to uh, one of the all-time great Houston Texans games. Uh, January 12th, 2020, a beautiful day between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Yeah. Houston Texans out to a commanding lead in that one. Um, how much were they up by? Is that what you're asking? They, well, I think you know how many they were up by. They were, they were up by 24. Yes. Um... There was one Chiefs player in that game with three reception touchdowns all in the second quarter uh, for the Chiefs. That was Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, A five-yard pass, a six-yard pass, and another five-yard pass uh, to get the Chiefs back in the game. Um, And from there, I mean, just once again, one of the all-time great Houston Texans collapses. Nothing has been the same since then. Nothing has been the same since then. it's, It's tough to say sometimes, but... Hey, Houston sold their soul for that World Series, and we still don't like them for that one. It's a succubus, man. It is the succubus. It is. Alrighty, all right. Here is another interesting one. Um, This may be a little hard. Who? So this quarterback is a former starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, and he is currently right now the backup quarterback for Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Who is that quarterback? Um, wait, say, say it one more time, because I, I, I feel like I might know this. So he was a former Texans starting quarterback. All right. And he is currently the backup for Matt Ryan in Atlanta, for the Atlanta Falcons. Who is that quarterback? I'm going to go with a complete guess here. Tom Savage. Tom Savage. Tom Savage is sadly not the answer. Damn it. It is, for some reason, the backup's older than Matt Ryan. It's Matt Schaub. Matt, Matt Schaub, Schaub is, is still, still in the league? league? Yes, he is. 
Google God it. Almighty. Matt, how old is he now? Matt Schaub is, he is 39 years old. King. What a king. He played in one game this past year and not attempted a single pass. Pass. That is, I mean, hey, Matt Schaub, you know. Two-time pro bowler, baby. Hey, man, if you can still make it happen, I have all the respect in the world for that. Um, <laughs> that's not all too bad. Oh, my goodness. I remember that 12-4 and four Houston Texans team you had. Oh, my gosh. That, that was with, with Arian Foster and Andre Johnson. Those were prime Texans days, man. Oh, man. Oh. Weren't those ever the days. All right. Um, so my last question, it's going to be very similar to the first one. Um, so, but this one's going to be dealing with another, uh, well, a star player in this case, uh, currently a star. Uh, we spoke about the Jet or the Giants signing Kenny Galladay, yes. uh, the big signing. Where did Kenny Galladay go to college, though? Oh my gosh, where did Kenny Galladay go to college? Okay, 100% D1. What conference did he go to? What conference did Kenny Galladay? Oh, do you do you do you right. want the answer to that? Or I'll uh, take the con. Yeah, what conference did he go to at the very least? My man was involved in a little bit of Maction. Oh, Maction! Oh man, he was in the Mac. He was in okay, the Mac. You gotta think now. Okay, not Western Michigan. No. It wasn't. That's Corey Davis. That's Corey Davis. <laughs> it's not Central Michigan. That's Antonio Brown. Correct again. I don't think it's. Okay, it could be Eastern Michigan, but I, I'm I'm a hold off with them. The, you know, um, it's not Kent State. That's Julian Edelman. Uh, I I don't think it's Buffalo. Northern Illinois, I don't think so. I would have 100% remembered. Um, okay. It's not Kent. Okay, Toledo, no. Akron, no. They don't bring NFL players. Oh, my goodness. All right, I'm going, All right. I'm going with Eastern Michigan. I'm All right. Michigan. You're, you're kind of going to hate me because um, it's Northern Illinois. It is Northern Illinois? Oh, it my is gosh. Northern Illinois. I'm mad at you would have remembered it. I, I said I would have remembered it. I, oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, that, that's disappointing. All right. I, I, I saw him live then. There's, oh, my. Because I went to um, one of the hottest games in Iowa football history when they played Northern Illinois and lost. They lost to Northern When was that? that um, 2015 or 16. Yeah, Kenny Alda was definitely Northern Illinois. I would have wow. remembered that name. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, I suck. I, hey, I'm proud to say that I get, uh, got a point back uh, a point in back. this. Not, I'm not losing by four anymore. I'm losing by only three. Yeah. Uh, score is five to two uh, in favor of Logan. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep trying to bounce back here. Uh, trying my best. You, you, you shall try, my good sir. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but we're getting there. Next week, we are we are very excited to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons. ATL, um, yet another um, bit of an interesting situation, similar to Houston Texans, a little bit in the gutter and having a lot of problems at quarterback. Yeah, the Falcons, in my opinion, if you watch uh, uh, Looney Tunes, um, it's, they're like Coyote. You set up the bomb, you're all ready to go for a rebuild to make everything go, to blow it all up. And then you just didn't. You set something up wrong. And now they're in the same situation that they were going into the season last year. So we got, we're definitely going to heavily judge the Falcons. Good times. But, hey, yeah. the difference is that unlike the Texans, they have a first-round pick. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> and what low, low blow, but yes, indeed. And a second-round pick. And a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Texans. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Houston. Um, but next week, we'll, we will be looking forward to bringing you all of that about Atlanta and what they do with that fourth overall pick, primarily looking in the direction of Justin Fields or another quarterback. Um, but until then, we'll be signing off. I'm Matt Lagana. I am Logan Eilers. And we will be talking to you guys next week. We'll see you all around.